sounds like a hotel room. It is a hotel room. How Echo-y. long has it been since we've been in a hotel room? I mean, on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> on a trip, I should say. Let me rephrase that. How long has it been since we've been away together? How long <laughs> let me free, rephrase that as well. How long since you've been in my hotel room? No, let me rephrase that. <laughs> how long since we've recorded outside of the EFTM office or the Tech Guide yeah, studio? I think since mid-February? Yeah. Was that Sa- when Samsung San- and San Francisco? San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. It would yeah. have to be. Because then we, I think while we were in, we were all planned and booked to go to Barcelona. Yes, that's And then correct. while, and we, while were we were in San, San Francisco, Fran, that, all, that all came I remember ahead. you sending me a message, I'm walking the streets of San Francisco back to the hotel and I get a, a WhatsApp message, MWC, cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, breaking news. Cause, and here we are, what's it, five months later? Because um, the, what was I going to say, the, when we, I remember us being down at the Fisherman's Wharf yes. side of things. Yes. You know, I was on the phone to, uh, Oppo, because we were both going yeah, Oppo yeah. and stuff. So, yes, it's been a while. But you know what they also... Did you know... And some people took them up on this. Some journal... Like they, they, were, they planned to take about 20 of us over. Yeah, yeah. And they, they said... They left it open-ended. They said, well, look, if you... remember I, I said that? Oh, you I, were going to go, weren't you? Because I was going to... Do the Formula the, One stuff. If I got the Ricardo thing, yeah. I was still going to go. <laughs> and others... There were plenty of people who had... Uh, they had trips secondary after trips it. Yeah, and, and they went and they ended up going. Yeah. So, it was... Looking back now, I, 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 I tossed up whether to go or not. I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to go all the way just for one company. I'm not going to yeah. cover everyone else's <coughs> if they're not going to be there. It turned out to be the the right decision. It's strange in the end, but um, hey, that's what it was. And uh, yeah, it only got stranger right. after It has that. been a bloody long time since then, hasn't it? Yeah. Anyway. It was funny. When we checked into the hotel in Orange, we we're going to go into, the, into more detail later, but... It felt um, it felt like a new experience because yeah. you hadn't done it for so long. Actually, we, we'll, we should talk through that check-in experience in the private feed because it was quite quite a strange experience. It was a little, yes. But anyway, we're on the road and uh, we're going to do a show. Two blokes talking tech, episode four four three. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from TechGuide.com.au. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Unity. And Stephen, I've hit the wall. Already uh, at five five thirty eight wow. p.m. Been a big day of driving and oh, I think photographing, driving, I think climbing driving through caves. Takes it out of you. What about Don't the cave? Think... The cave trip that was solid too. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't exactly exhausting, <laughs> but I don't know. Just mentally, I think driving takes it out of you a bit. Really? Okay. But anyway, lucky um, you're not a cab driver then, eh? Great. Or an Uber thanks driver. to the people at Netgear and Uniden, and we do have some Uniden products with us. Um, we do. We have got some two-way radios. Yeah, we're that, two that's separate been great. cars. Yeah. So just to explain, we talked. I mean, Jesus, this goes back to bloody hell, March or something. We were talking about going to Cairns. Remember? Yes. Yeah. And we were like days away from booking that, and then. Lockdown, you yeah. know, COVID nineteen and dramas. We'd and still be stuck in Queensland if we had gone <laughs> up there. <laughs> We'd have to FaceTime our wives. Saying, imagine, remember what we look like. Imagine the messages my wife had sent then. <laughs> uh, if you've seen the ones she sent today, yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so the idea um, here was a to get out, b to grab. Hey, that was Trevor's excuse to, to get the hell as, out of there. To grab as many products as we could to just yeah. try and take that opportunity. Sometimes, and I guess it. It's a weird thing for people to hear, but sometimes when you work for yourself like we do, uh, when you you get constantly emails, there's another story to write. Some things just they just get pushed to the side, and so yeah. 
I've brought with me, for example, uh, three mobile phones. I'm using four, but we can't talk about the fourth one. But three of the mobile phones I've got, yeah. I, I think I've been sitting on for th- two, two week, between two weeks and two months. Yeah. And I just went, you know what? Boom. I'm going to grab them all. I'm going to take the opportunity to take some photos with them because that, to be honest, is the biggest test of a yeah, smartphone is, today. Yeah. They all make phone calls in the same quality, but the, phone, that, the cameras are... Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, how big Camera, is it? What's the screen like? Gatry life. You yeah, know, that's right. Let's, let's be clear. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we got two cars... Um, we've got a Hyundai Santa Fe Highlander, which is a seven-seat Hyundai, $66,000. Great. That's Trevor's car. It's yep. really nice. And Stephen um, <laughs> is primarily driving, uh, but has let me have a crack at, the Mercedes-Benz GLS 400D. And do you know what? It's actually... it's. I knew this would be fun because there'd be driver assistance and all the different things in them and stuff. But Jesus, when we came into, we were, we were out last night, and Stevens brought this massive telescope. Yes, with Celestron nine point two five Next Star Evolution. That's called. Yeah, I saw some footprints on the moon with it. I mean, yeah, that's that's we how good it got was. It gave you a good view. Um, and we we're driving back, and rather than using Waze or anything, we just we just used the Mercedes Nav. Yes. And we're coming up this to a roundabout. Amazing, yeah. And the infotainment screen changed from being a map to the camera, the forward-facing camera, so you could see the roundabout. And there was a blue arrow on the bottom of the screen. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So that's a direction. But yeah. then as we pushed through, then more that blue arrow pointed in, in to the to the right, to the direction we had to turn. Yeah. The street signs were... The were, street name was in that arrow. In that animation, it, it said the street name and the direction. It's augmented reality built into the sat-nav of a car, yeah. and I didn't even know it existed. So that's normally, like, when, when, it come, when you come to a complicated intersection, it gives you, okay, you need to be in this lane, look for this sign. So instead of giving you that image, it literally shows you live on the camera yeah. where to go what lane to be in all that it, and the, it, and it's the arrows and street signs uh, street names superimposed over a live image of the real world yeah. um, and what driving around Cowra today because we're now in Cowra as we record um, I was testing it out a little bit more and it as you're approaching an intersection say you th- there's three uh, cross streets before the one you need to turn yeah. at it'll show you the street names of the ones not to turn at in kind of in a black okay. and then the the real one you need to turn at is in blue and then the arrows point in the direction it's epic oh, I mean, it's just such a cool thing, and I your your initial comment was yeah, but you got to look down at the screen. Yes, because it's like the anyone who's driven in a Mercedes Benz, it's got the well, this car's got the big screen that goes from the middle console all the way in front of the driver, so it's one big screen. The portion in the middle is a touch screen. The one in front of the driver's not. Yeah, um, and you're kind of looking. Not too far off the road, but you're looking kind of down at your at your dashboard. Yeah, and I, look, I don't I don't think you would just stare at the screen. It's there for yeah. it's, it's there in the same way that you would stare yeah. at the at the map showing you a, a T section. Which way yeah. am I going to turn? Well, if you look like at that. if you're looking at your nav anyway, you'd yeah. be looking there anyway. But the the good thing about it is you're using it when you're actually slowing down to do a turn. It's That's not right. like you're doing it at 100 miles an hour. No, no, no. You're, you're slowing down anyway. But it it's I tested on a bunch of turns here in town, and it's just mm. so accurate the way it overlays that arrow. Onto the mm. real street. So, so to be clear, that's the Mercedes Benz own nav system. Yes. So, like, it's got CarPlay as well, which I've been using a lot. Yep. Uh, which I don't have. How in have my you car. found that experience? Yeah, I love because you don't have I, CarPlay I've in got, a Tesla. Well, I drove a Mercedes Benz. I had an E two hundred like three two years ago, and I st- got in the Tesla two years ago. My Mercedes Benz never had CarPlay. It no. just wasn't new enough. But um, and my Tesla doesn't have it because it's got its own system. But CarPlay offers so many advantages because everything on your, especially if you're an iPhone, even if like, this has got Android Auto as well. But because yeah. everything that's on your phone, it's got a touchscreen. It's immediately accessible. I can still play all my music and audio books and everything through my phone on the Tesla. Totally. But I've got to touch my phone though. 
yeah. with with the CarPlay, I'm touching the screen, the car's display, and that would be amazing having that facility to do that. I, I just think that there's something about uh, CarPlay in its familiarity because the apps you're looking at mm. and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I rely on Waze. I love it when I'm driving. It, it's yeah. there. Um, I like using Siri for asking yeah. for music and stuff. And the phone, the phone use is great oh. as well. Like I, I tried to ring, try to ring my wife Joe, and she said, oh, "I can't hear you breaking up." And I, and and she end up, we end up losing the call, dropping the call, and then I get a text message and, and it says, "Message from Joe," and the, and it read out the message. Would you like to reply? And I said, "Yeah." No, she her message was, "I I couldn't hear. You, I'll call you later." And then my message back was, yeah, no worries, talk to you soon. And that I, that was just me talking to the system. Yeah, I, I did Done and dusted. quite a long message earlier can, today and it was fine. There is a new feature in the, just one of the recent updates in the Tesla that actually now reads out your messages yeah. and you can either reply or dismiss it. So if you want to reply, you can only use your voice. But the, the voice the, the voice uh, command in the Tesla is not half of what as good as the Mercedes-Benz. The funny thing about Siri, isn't it, the... Um uh, I think she's the dumbest smart assistant in terms of Google, Amazon, Siri. Like in yeah. terms of what you can ask and the things that that, that yeah. Siri can do, it's not as good. But its its ability to recognise your voice is oh, it's champion premium. Yeah. I think sort of the the Google assistant and Amazon Alexa to me are sort of jack of all trades, master of none sort of thing. But Siri specialises in a couple of areas that the others just blows the others out of yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah. So when you want to do certain tasks, Siri just smashes it and doesn't do other stuff as good. But the Google Alexa, they they're sort of good at all of it, but not as good as Siri in certain parts. So it was it was funny because I didn't intend for the two cars to be comparative, and I won't publish them as a comparative review. But yeah. it was interesting to me to to look at them both. Yours is a much bigger car, but it's still they're both seven yeah. seater SUVs, sixty six thousand dollars and one hundred fifty eight thousand dollars, and the Hyundai is packed. It's packed full of tech. Oh, okay, you got the Apple CarPlay, you got the you got the touchscreen. Head up display, head up yeah. display. That's um, in the Merc too. Speed sign recognition. Although the head up display, one I'm, I've got um, my Sunny's uh, yeah polarized UV lenses. Yeah. Polarized. So you wear your, if it's a sunny day, you got your Sunny's on. You, the head up display gone. Polarized lenses. All yeah, all, I was wondering. I'm thinking where the where the heads up display go. <laughs> and then I realised I got the bloody my glasses on. Yeah. So I drove. If you had noticed, I drove most of the way without my Sunny's on. Luckily, the windows in the Merc are tinted enough for you to not to be yeah. overcome by brightness. It's a common problem in, in all cars. But yeah. So head up display. It, it, the Hyundai does have a digital display dash where you know customise yeah. what the, what the thing I, looks I, like. I, I it's quite got like a, that. a radar cruise control. It's got lane keep assist. It's yeah. got all those features. Plus, when you go in the back, you've got the third row of seats and there's a button in there to flick the second row of seats down, which is in the Mercedes as well. Like it's... Yeah. To be honest, it's like a baby Mercedes. It is a bit, yeah. And I, I reckon probably like what eighty percent of the features in the Merc, in terms of convenience and tech, are probably in the Hyundai, mate. In terms of, I think in terms of safety tech, it's probably eighty eighty percent easy. Yeah. It's just that when when you, I said uh, in in the review I filmed for the Mercedes, it's like you know what. I don't know half of what this is. It's like driving the space shuttle, but <laughs> if you were to buy there are a lot this, of buttons, yeah. if you were to buy this, you'd spend an hour or two learning it with it'd, them, it'd and then take you go back three for months a refresher to get used course. to it. It'd take you months because uh, they said to me, the bloke at Mercedes, Matthew said to me, he said, "Oh mate, it's got the hot stone massage." <laughs> I, I drove it the other <laughs> when day. When you said to me, "I found the hot stone massage," <laughs> I thought you found a joint down the road from the hotel. I'm thinking, "What's he talking about, this bloke?" <laughs> and then I realised it was in the car. Okay, so in the car, there's a comfort <laughs> menu when yeah. you swipe across. 
uh, you know, there's, there's home, there's navigation, there's radio. Yeah. Then there's this comfort menu, and there's yeah. all these settings for the seats to do these hot stone massages. Hot stone, so it feels you feel the heat because you your know. Back. It's, so, so it's it's got a heated seat. So what it does is it heats a specific area of the seat, and then you have this. It has this lumbar thing that comes up and, and okay. pushes on your back. Okay. Mate, tomorrow... Does just it come up from the bottom or just in the back? Just I the think back. it's just the back, Stephen. Yeah, luckily so it doesn't come up through the bottom as well. Yeah. Be, that might cause problems. I, I think you'll you'll enjoy that tomorrow <laughs> when we hit the road. Yeah, I'll give it a crack for sure. Yeah. So so we, we've got the cars. Um, I've got a few phones. Stephen's got a couple of phones. Yeah. I've got, um, what what phones s- do I have? I've well, got you can't the, speak about one of them. Well, one um, of them's coming out in a month, but then we've both got one each and it's pretty cool. And what else we got? We've got some unit and radios that we've been using to communicate yeah, between the cars. So rather ringing each other, we've got our, our own little unit and... Breaker 19, this is Robert Ducky. You've got a copy on me, Pig Pan. Come on, yeah, come yeah. on. What about when we, where was it when we were talking about the we're Mount Panorama? We're driving oh, up Mount Panorama. We drove and up we, to the and you bus. were saying, "Oh, look!" The, on the radio, you were saying, "Oh, look! This is this is a two way street." A lot of people think it's a one way street, yeah, and, then, and, and, and some like, other bloke gets on and goes, "It's a bloody two way, you idiots!" Yeah, and I, I said, because um, I said, I said, "Oh, look at this idiot in the midst of you going the wrong way around Mount Panorama." Oh, well, and, was that him? You reckon that was? Oh, talking oh I don't think so. Could have been, but then this old bloke gets on and goes, "It's a two way road, you idiots." <laughs> And <laughs> I might have just given back to him because yeah. he can't track you down. That's the great thing about a two-way radio. Yeah, they like can't twi- track you down. It's like Twitter. No, you they can track you down. Troll, there. Just troll people. But I hammered him. So it's probably more than Twitter, <laughs> yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> that was fun too. I've got to say. So we started in. We met That's each. Uh, we met at Eastern Creek. Because yep. Trev lives in the sticks. He had to come down to Eastern Creek, and I well, we met at the big Caltex at Eastern Creek mm-hmm. for what was first stop Wentworth Falls for a, a coffee, coffee and brickie. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, you had a scone, and then we went. Then we went through to um, what was Bathurst. it? Bathurst. Yeah. Then we went to Mount uh, Mount Panorama. And Trevor was the best tour guide of Mount Panorama. I'm telling you, there's your job if you ever <laughs> retire from tech writing. He gave a tour every turn. He was saying, "Oh, th- at this turn, this bloke did this, and he and this, this is where some bloke died in 1974, and here's where someone went off the road." Mike Bergman, but that's yeah, okay. yeah. It um, was really a very informative. Well, and it was fun because we went up the top of the mountain to McPhillamy Park, and we we flew our drones. Yeah. Um, just to, just to get just to get the blood pumping, you know, in a tech sense. This, this McPhillamy Park is where the big campsite is. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, there'd be oh. some atrocities committed up there, oh. surely. Unbelievable. Oh. Like especially race. going back ten and fifteen years when there was no Whoa. when there was no limit on cartons you could take up there. Now is there's it, is it? now there's one carton <laughs> per day limit. <laughs> Isn't it true? Did I hear this right? That people were going up there like in the weeks ahead and burying their alcohol. Uh, they were going up there digging holes and burying alcohol. I think alcohol. that might be right, yeah. So, so they, when they get there, it's like a treasure map. They've got to think, okay, where do we bury it? Right here. And they yeah. dig it up again? Yeah. Is that right? I believe that's true. Now, that's that's pretty ingenious. That's, that's pretty clever, isn't it? That's clever stuff. Very sneaky. Um, and I got some good uh, some good footage, not tech-related, but it's up at EFTM.com, about, of a new boardwalk they've built yeah, up there cool. at Mount Panorama. Not for race weekend, but for, for, the, for the hundreds of runners and walkers that yeah. walk the, the track. There was a few. There were a few people walking their dog, and there were a few locals up there, because it is quite a climb, isn't it? So yeah. if you want to do a decent walk with a bit of elevation, So for people that there. know Mount Panorama, you'll be able to walk from Griffin's Bend all the way to Forest Elbow, which is essentially the top of the mountain, on a walkway. And, and a partial boardwalk mm. inside the track, so That's you don't cool. have to actually walk on Beautiful the road. Beautiful views up there too. It was, it was, really it was a bit cool. misty when we got there, but then it cleared up a bit. It was nice. The most phenomenal thing I think that we've discovered this far on the trip, other than that bloody sat nav in the Mercedes, which is just mind blowing, is uh, is Cowra's um, mobile service. That's right. Yeah, we were, I turned on my Telstra five G. What is it called? The Wi Fi Pro. I don't know. And uh, and I was sending you a message saying. F and hell, we've got they've got five G, 
And then you looked on yours and you went, me too. Cowra so, got 5G before yeah. Thornley and yeah, your area. and Pagewood. For Thornley and Pagewood, no 5G. Cowra, 5G. Oh, man, I looked at the map. There's one tower. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I guess that's the way it's got to start, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's a smart thing from Telstra not to make it all a metro thing, you know, to actually yeah. just whack a tower of up and, and upgrade towers yeah. in, in regional rural areas. So we, Interesting we, discovery. Well, after dinner, we might just take a You're quick You're going to hunt the tower. Oh, We're going to be tower hunters. I wouldn't mind just seeing how fast it is. How do you is. do that? Well, looking at the map, it's not going to be too hard. Oh, okay. So they'll um, tell you where it is. But okay, that's easy then. Because <laughs> it's a circle, <laughs> and okay. I think we can just work out where the work centre the is, and okay. then just go close. And there it is. <laughs> and, and basically, the this could be a new show, 5G Hunters. 5G Hunters. 5G Hunters. On that's, Discovery Channel. We should pitch it to Foxtel, I reckon, that show. And then we'll just show pictures of dead birds and bees. And yeah, good. <laughs> and all the coronavirus patients <laughs> yeah. underneath it. That's right. But I, I'd just be curious to know, because like in the city, you might get nearly 1,000 at the tower. So what... I wonder how much backhaul, wonder how much bandwidth they've got at the tower mm. in a place like Cowra. But, you know, basically... Did it, you do a speed test already? Yeah, well, I got about 100. Yeah, yeah I got the, about 70, I think I got. The bottom line is, if you are a... If you get 5G and you're only getting, say, I don't know, 50 or 100 or even 150 megabits per second, then yep. the closer you get to the tower, the faster it will be. And so you could theoretically just walk 100 metres, do a test, walk 100 metres, and it's, you know, hot, it's a game of hotter or colder. Do you remember that as so, a kid? Yeah, so... But you're hotter, you're hotter, you're hotter. Yeah. That's, that's when it's getting faster so and faster. where the tower is, if you were directly under if it... If you're standing under it, line of sight, you can see it. I reckon, or certainly in the city, you should be getting six to 600 to 1,000 megabits per second. Wow. Okay. Yeah? That's an so, interesting exercise. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And so that's just Telstra 5G, so no other... Optus would have no, 5G and no. Vodafone would have 5G no. either. Yeah. Right. No, that's the limits. Wow, it's, it was a surprising discovery. But yes, well, we've had an interesting time. We've had what well, we've used the radios, the phones. We've got a couple of dash cams and other batteries, and I've got a scope and a couple of drones, and we're uh, putting it all through their paces. Doing doing our best uh, on the road trip for uh, two blokes talking tech. Uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, if you've got a question or a comment, uh, go to Twitter uh, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy uh, at Stephen Fennick and at Trevor Long. Uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly supported by our good friends at Uniden. And you know what? We're on a road trip and we are using Uniden dash cams and you can as well. The Dashview 30R, if you are thinking about heading out into the country like the two blokes just have done, you should ha- take a look at the Dashview 30R. This is a two-camera system. This is a front-facing camera. It's 2.5K and a full HD rear-view camera as well. Both have Sony Starvis sensors. Why is that important? Well, the quality of the video you get through these are quite detailed. So even in low light, bright light, you're going to get really um, interesting detail. And that's what you want when uh, in dash cam footage so you can see car makes, models, colours, street signs, names of faces of people and stuff like that. So that is uh, really helpful. So having that added resolution can make a big difference. There's also dual band Wi-Fi on board, so you can actually transfer your footage straight to your device and you'll be able to share that, send it to maybe an insurance claim or a police report that you might need to file. It also does. It also comes, though, with camera warnings. So if you're driving through the country, an area you don't know very well, like we've been doing, it'll tell you where the speed and red light cameras are located. So you'll get a nice uh, warning ahead of time. There's also parking mode too, so if you are worried about your car in a car park, it does uh, allow you to see if anyone hits your car you will have the footage to see exactly what they've done if they weren't kind enough to leave a note. But the Uniden Dashview 30R, well worth a look. Check it out at uniden.com.au 
This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Well, there's a bit of NBN news around um, uh, worth covering, and uh, you covered a bit of this at techguide.com.au, but bottom line, we're pretty much done. I mean, there's still yeah, people who are still possibly listening who don't have it yet, and there's, <laughs> there's a lot of complexities around individual places sometimes. Yeah, but it's we're like 99.9% done. We're at 11.5 million homes. and uh, uh, Firstly... It, it's it's done in 2020, which is what they said. That was their goal. Yeah. We should check. I mean, I don't know how hard it, how it would be. Did to they work say out, June 2020? No, July? they didn't say 2020. They just said 2020. Because yeah. originally, they I thought, do you mean month. do you mean by or within? You know, there was a yeah. bit of that. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, the the date 2020 was put. Several years ago, it's not like that was just a last year thing. Two thousand and seven, where that it was, it was floated. That no, no, two thousand seven was the when it was mooted. It was going to be done by two thousand sixteen. Oh. But this is, you know, after the after Bill Morrow came in, after they switched right. to Melts technology. I see. Mean after the Libs took yeah. over in twenty thirteen, that, yeah. that that was the projection. Well, I, I want to know when they projected that, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll try and work it out. But, yeah. But bottom line, we're in twenty twenty, and they did it. So I've got at least one MBN complete by twenty twenty on EFTM August twenty sixth, two thousand sixteen. Um. Eight million premises connected by 2020. That's okay. interesting because that's I four years ago. You're right. I don't think there's eight. Well, there might be eight million connected. Actually, um, it's a solid. It's a solid network. The bottom line is, we have gone from, and we talked about this during the Zoom and the COVID kind of questions. We we couldn't have coped with the last few months if we didn't have yeah. this upgrade. If this had to happen ten years ago, yeah, even five years ago, I, I reckon we would have struggled. The, the 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 size the footprint of the NBN was big enough for most people to cope. That's right. Yeah, and then you know there's still people uh, on different technologies. But I mean, I'll bring up the latest progress reports. So every week, uh, the NBN release a progress report. There are 7.2 million homes activated, actually using physically connected to the NBN. There are 11.6 million who uh, can connect to the NBN. So. Still, a lot of people. This is this is what this is what is mind blowing to me. The number of people who haven't yet connected, despite the fact that it's at their house. Yeah. Now it's there already. Like, let's say so. What is it? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So it's it's four point three million homes mm. that don't have not connected to the MBN, but could. Now I would argue it's possible that two million of those just don't need any internet. Um, their rental properties, and they're using yep. they're using five G or four G. They're seniors who just want a mobile, just want a phone, yep. and so they're probably going to be the ones that, in that period of time, it's like in the next few months or eighteen months, really, as the MBN gets to that point where they're going to switch off your old services, there yeah. will still be another flood. But remember there was a bit of a delay with HFC? Remember that they took Absolutely, the time yeah. with the HFC, uh, yep. the Telstra's old cables? Yep. Remember that? That, 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 sort of, that was like a year delay. Wasn't oh, it? yeah, but they've, that's all, that's all yeah, done all now. resolved now. And, and I wrote in August 2016 as well the ambitious plan to complete the network rollout by 2020, so which four years ago seemed like a long time. It did. And they've hit, they've hit the mark, yeah. You know, th- I think you've got to give credit to them for that. <laughs> you do. But you on, do. On time, on budget. You know, and they haven't... They haven't Gone to the government for more money, um, but it has cost you know. But it's starting to make it's it's an asset that's making money anyway. Correct. Well, that's that's the big question for the going forward is what do you do next with it? And there's a lot of question. I I was talking to someone on the EFTM podcast. I can't remember his name, but it was way from the from the MBN um, about what's next. And I, you know, we've got to have a plan for what's next because there's, I think it's three million homes that are fibre to the node. Yeah. Well, they're the ones that need. They're they're the ones. And and of them, there's probably fifteen percent who can't get 
any more than 25 yeah. as a speed. Yeah. Well, what's the plan? What's the plan well, to upgrade NBN that? NBN hasn't outlined this, and we're, we're, I'm hoping they do that soon. I read a report on Tech Guide the other day, and this is based on a report from the Telecommunications Association, and you know what? The company loading the bullets for this one was Huawei. Okay, I'll put that up front. Yeah. Huawei were loading the bullets for this report, and the report is all factual. I checked it out. It's They're saying that... The $51 billion NBN, when you do the math, it averages out at a connection cost of 4500 per premises. Yeah. And the, the point of this report was the fact that still more than 70% of Australians after that rollout, we still can't access gigabit speeds. Mm-hmm. And compared to the rest of the world, Australia were well down the list. We were near the bottom. So 28% of customers, and I think they announced this a few weeks ago with the, with the 250 and the, and the gigabit plans, yep. only 28% of customers can access that. You need to have fibre to the premises, HFC, and I think some fibre to the curb customers, I'm hoping I'm one of them, can get it. But compared to the rest of the world, and look, I know Australia is a much bigger country than Singapore and Korea and all these other countries that are ahead of us. But it does beg the question, and you mentioned before how what's their plan from now? That's right. What's the next step? And in my Tech Guide podcast, I spoke about this a fair bit, and I likened the NBN to painting the Harbour Bridge. You start painting Correct, the Harbour yeah. Bridge. By the time you get to the end of painting it, you got to go back and start again. This that's what that's the NBN. I think how it has to work. Well, so let me ask you this. Why was Huawei loading the bullets on this one? What are they trying well, to say? That we should have had well, 5G? I mean, where, where are they on this? I don't well, understand. Huawei's in this, this position where they're... they're and and they, they... Were they a bidder for the, to help with the NBN rollout? I don't know. But in terms of 5G and their, their exclusion from any kind of communication discussion, mm. they're very... At the drop of a hat, they'll highlight any weakness... Of our communication systems. Yeah, that's until, right. So they're happy to highlight this in the hope that they're considered for a future project. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of why they're, what their motivation is here. Yeah. But it, it's an interesting situation, though, that not only are we... And I, I've got the list on Tech Guide about the gigabit ca- capability in selected countries percent based on the percentage of premises. Australia was fifth last. The last being Germany. They only had 11%. The top country was Singapore. They had 99% of premises which are gigabit capable. You're filthy for the 1% in Singapore, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a lot of smaller a group of people than it is in Australia. And like, countries ahead of us are Slovakia, Slovenia, Italy, Portugal uh, are ahead of us. Latvia has 88% gigabit capacity. So the, I'll let me be devil's advocate on this and, and turn around an NBN perspective. Um, you mentioned HFC. Um, it's a very small percentage of, of, prim- of HFC connections that have been upgraded even so far. Did you so mean upgraded to gigabit capacity? Upgraded even to 250, let alone right. gigabit. So okay. that's going to, that number's going to grow. Yeah. Fibre to the curb, there's none that have been upgraded to 250 or gigabit that, yet. That's what so I'm that, asking about. Because so that's, that's yeah. next. Because so, so they mentioned fibre to the curb is, is capable. These numbers are going but, to add to it. Yeah. Right? So we'll, that number will rise. But the, the point of this is, though, what's your NBN... What's, what's your response? What's next? What What are you doing? Okay, we've done the rollout. You don't just all go home. You, you're gonna. This isn't a thing that you just. You know, you've done your job and you get you get out of there. This is a maintenance thing, improvement. So, and the fact that we were in lockdown, that, that I reckon that was the ultimate stress test for the NBN. That would have highlighted yeah. problem areas too. And and let's be clear again, they survived that yeah, very well. They did with flying colours. No, so, credit so the where it's great due. news is they actually ha- have now got the ability to say. 
from a network perspective, we've built a robust network that can cope with today's needs. Totally. But yeah. What what happens in five years from now? Well, so that's why it's like, like fibre to the node. There needs to be a, a new new plan with micro nodes. You yeah. know, upgrading areas and streets with micro nodes that will bring those speeds closer. Yeah. That Laurie Patton from wh- whoever the hell he thinks he works for anymore. Now he doesn't. He's just a Labour he's Party on, He's on Twitter, isn't he? he tweets heaps about mate, whatever LinkedIn, you talk. All he ever yeah, does, he'll find anyone on LinkedIn that's written about the NBN. He'll just yeah. bag it. I think he's got a search engine. It's yeah, just yeah. a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I've just I've ripped him a new one enough times. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Bottom line. Yeah. He, he would argue that fibre to the node should be upgraded to fibre to the premises. Never How? going to happen, uh, right? Well, that cost, though. One of the questions that, that nearly well, half of cost? the comments, if that was fibre to the premises, that 4500 cost would have been double. Easy. Would have been ten, maybe 10000 And all premises. these people, the Labor Party and, yeah. and their supporters, yeah. always say, yeah, but it was going to be the same price for the... F-. No, it wasn't. No. It would never have happened. Well, the reason... We, wouldn't, we would have had to dig up more streets. Yeah. It just wouldn't have happened. See, Malcolm so, Turnbull pulled the handbrake hard when he came into power yeah. as the communications, the Minister of Communications in the Abbott government. So blame and, Turnbull and for... And let's remember... But he, but he did Malcolm that to Turnbull keep the costs under control. knows the internet... Of course. Yes. He might be a bit of a yeah. dick, but he knows the internet. <laughs> well, he didn't, right? wasn't he on the board he was, of Aussie he, Mail? Like he was Aussie a, Mail. Yeah, yeah, like he knows his stuff. Why like, do you think he's a squillionaire, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. So he was he was a big supporter of the VDSL technology and stuff that we now have, the fibre yeah. of the node. But all we're saying, I think, uh, and we're aligned on this, is the NBN needs to outline its plan for upgrading those fibre to the node and fi- fixed wireless customers. You know, what are we doing there? Satellite customers are a lot harder to upgrade, but, you know, maybe there'll be some upgrades there. But I don't want the NBN to put another satellite into space, that's for sure. No, they need to find better ways of doing that. The know? two responses <laughs> I've had were, bloody hell, I'd love to have gigabit speeds. I'm on 25, yeah. right? And then the other response I've had is, who the hell needs gigabit speeds anyway? And, right? and uh, in my response to both those is, if you're on 25 now, you were on one or two before. Yeah, your your speeds are now five times. At best, Better. you were on yeah. five. So what? Because because what that means is, if you're on twenty five, it means you're the furthest from the node. <clears throat> now, if you're the furthest from the node, you're you are the furthest from the Telstra exchange as well. Yeah, and so that ADSL would have smashed you too. ADS, yeah, right. ADSL would have been five. But, but my answer to the gigabit <clears throat> speed, like who they they said, who would possibly need a gigabit speed? And and, and I liken it to when twenty five years ago, when I bought my first Mac, it had. Four megabytes of RAM and forty megabytes hard drive, and at the time I'm thinking, "Wow, that's heaps! I'll never use that. That's yeah. so much." Yeah. Now you wouldn't, you'd laugh at that because we've got, I've got sixty-four gigabytes of RAM on my Mac now and three terabytes of data. So I liken it to, okay, at the time you think that's enough, but given the runway that gigabit speeds can allow, it will open up. Possibilities, but the reality as is, well. and and this goes to the argument that we didn't need to build gigabit speeds by 2020. No, the, the argument is we probably don't need them till 2025, 2030. Maybe, but what the two blokes are calling for is a plan. Exactly right. If they say, look, by 2027 we'll have 70% gigabit capable, then that's a target. Or, or more importantly, yeah. if if the uh, because just the other the other thing that happened this week was the government announced um, that it broadband would become part of the universal service obligation. So basically, guaranteed 25 megabit broadband mm. to every home in Australia is part of a government statute yeah. statute obligation, it's right? It's like you're guaranteed that you get electricity and water. Correct. And, that, and that's amazing. Yeah. So that's that's that's, that's been done. That's passed. So it's at 25. Yeah. So all, I actually don't want a target of one gigabit. I want the target of raising the 25, certainly to 50, 
if mm. not to a hundred. Getting everyone to a hundred. Yeah. yeah. How do we get well, that was the how do we get eighty percent of people to to a hundred? Because yeah. that other twenty percent is going to be in you know severe remote regional areas. We've got yeah. to be careful about saying a hundred percent. But and and there is a choice there. I mean, with the greatest respect to people, and I I still have them that tweet me and stuff and say, well, I can only get fixed wireless. And I'm like, you live in you know a rural area, and I know you think you're on the edge of the city, but you're still in a rural area. Mm. So you you got to make those choices. When totally we bad. when we were buying a house, I went. It's got to have Foxtel cable because yeah. I wanted cable internet. Well, was that a deal breaker? Not yes, having Foxtel cable. Absolutely, because really? I wanted big pond at the time. Uh, this is before yeah, MBN. Yeah. I wanted a hundred meg speed. Yeah, right. On, yeah. on 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 big pond cable. Yeah, I had Optus cable. You got to make those. Too. Yeah, yeah. Got, I Terrible mean, upload speeds, but you no, make those bad. decisions. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think if you if it, the other the, the elephant in the room though. For you know, Jeez, in this argument, is uh, <laughs> trying is five um, G. Yeah, uh, the, the people five G can already do a gigabit, and and on well, its ear, it'll it can do five it gigabit. can do a gigabit, but will it achieve a gigabit in normal well, use case? That's the, the, the thing. Real, I think that's the, that could be the gap filler here, and that's exactly what yeah. we should be looking at: is whether or not. Um, and this is what's going to happen. Telstra is going to build the biggest and best 5G network, and yeah. they're going to end up copying um, either uh, you know a push from MBN to, to customers to them for that as that infill, or the government yeah. as infilled. And let's be clear: that four and a half thousand dollar cost, one thousand, or it might be fifteen hundred, but I'm just going to say one thousand dollars of that is Telstra. Right. Every time of the money that we paid for the infrastructure. Every, no, no. Every time a house switches from being you know not NBN to NBN. The yeah. NBN writes a check for a thousand dollars to Telstra to say here it's ours now. All right. Yes, is that right? Like it's just outrageous. So good time to be a Telstra investor then, eh? Oh, mate, <laughs> buy shares. So the government, I mean, we should, we should, someone should part the course, but path, plot the course. Plot the course. Um, the government paid, you know, whatever to buy to build Telstra as a, you know, the postmaster general, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then down the track, they they bloody well sold it yeah. and got some money back, and then we gave them more money for for this for and the then, infrastructure. Mate, the number of times we've given them money yeah, and wow. then and then bought it back off them, it's remarkable. Wow! But anyway. that's like Kerry Packer and Alan Bond, isn't it? exactly the whole with Channel, Channel Nine. Nine thing, yeah. um, anyway, so look, a good result for the NBN, a good uh, awareness from Huawei as to as to what's actually physically yeah. going on with the NBN, and, and also uh, I just quickly. Aussie Broadband were the first to even mention the 250 and gigabit speed plans. Yeah. I've not seen any other telco, but uh, today Vodafone announced they were offering the 250 yes. and the 1,000. I just can't believe the other telcos are Telstra, so slow to offer it. Telstra and Optus? No. Crickets. Crickets. Yeah, nothing. And Idiots. I'm an Optus customer. I, I would sign up to that tomorrow if I get gigabit speed. I don't speed. think you can get it anyway, mate. Because well, have five have, of the curb. They've they've got got a, do they have to upgrade my service? They've got to upgrade the, the technology either in the pit or at the exchange, if you call it that. Yeah. And Pit's and, right outside and, my house, mate. And just they've got to test it. Give me a screwdriver or something I'll, 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 it's right outside my house the pit well, you exactly bought a screwdriver today you're good for that yeah. <laughs> two, two I'll be tricking it up is that tech. a defence? this yes. is two blokes talking tech <laughs> well uh, we're talking the NBN discussion we've got quite lively but uh, we are talking we've changed gears now we're going to talk about the iPhone 12 Trev okay. and the iPhone 12 There are, there's no shortage of rumours about the iPhone 12 we're pretty much established that it's going to have a new design it's going to be 5G all these other things that were that are, are coming, the things we know that it's going to have, but here's something that it might not include: two things, a charger, and and headphones. Now every ed- iPhone since day dot, when they first started selling yeah. iPhones, has come with a little charger yeah. and a pair of earphones. Now stop it right there. Originally, this rumor was was, and I, so I think this is fact. 
And I think yeah. the original rumour took it as with a bit of Chinese whispers, if you can say that anymore. Well, literally but, Chinese whispers. I well, think. well, basically, because <laughs> originally the rumour was it wouldn't have a charging port, right? There'd be no yes. place to plug it in. It'd only it be a wirelessly charged yeah, phone. Yeah. But actually, what it seems is they're going to. I reckon they're going to have a thinner box. And be, what we're talking about here is the little brick yeah. and the cable. Yeah, I think that there's a few reasons. And, and Apple, as we know, is a very environmentally conscious company. And, well, I, and yeah. I think they're, they're, they're coming from a place where they're thinking, look, anyone who's going to buy the iPhone 12, there's a 99% chance they've already got a charger. They've yeah. got something they can charge the phone with yeah. if they don't already have a wireless charger as well. Mm. So their thinking is, okay, why should we make... Uh, you know, 20 million charges that are going to just sit in a box and not be used by anyone. Yeah. Point one. The other thing, too, is that the other rumour is that they, that Apple are going to produce a 20-watt charger, so an, an optional accessory, so you pay extra, so that would enable fast charging through a cable. And we, know, and we know that the Belkin and others have... They much, have USB PD, charging. so USB power delivery that that will support a new phone like That's that. Right. So hence another reason why you wouldn't need Apple to give you a, a charger because you can buy one. They're already available. Today. So essentially, this rumor is that you're going to buy an iPhone, and in the box is going to be an iPhone, just an iPhone, mm. and and even even the even the uh, earphone case. And look, a lot of people are going to be the, the cynics are going to say, well, Apple only want you to buy a pair of AirPods, but. How many people today still are still rocking corded earphones? It's kind of I, it's, the phase I, is moving. I support the power thing, but I think not having earphones is, yeah. is a risky move. Well, there's no headphone jack, and and yeah, they are yeah, but lightning. The lightning. I know, but they're lightning. I think, mate. I think it's a very risky move to to remove the the. But the again, headphones. you probably have a pair. You have a I know, but pair. mate, you can't assume that. And yeah. and even though they're only worth twenty five bucks, do they still sell them in Apple stores. Corded earphones. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, uh, Apple AirPods, uh, earpods, no, no, earpods. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like what thirty five bucks or something. I think they're twenty or twenty. Okay, so well, well again, again, but that, that that's another re uh, another re I think part of their thinking is that okay, the chances again if a, if someone buying the iPhone twelve, you reckon someone who's paying for an iPhone twelve cutting forty five dollars? Yeah. At Apple, but do you think though that they're gonna uh, an iPhone 12 customers is likely to have AirPods or a wireless pair of earphones anyway? Oh, I don't think so, Stephen. I think I think that's a big call. Yeah, oh, but again, again though, you mentioned it before. It is to achieve a much smaller package. Yes, and if you think about the benefits of that, more shipments, so less shipments for more product. It's less carbon. Yeah, you know, the well, reducing so the there's a couple of things there. If you think about a a, a container, a case, or, you know, what do they call them? A crate. A container, and, yeah. and you fit more into a container, right? Yeah. Uh, plus, each each individual phone uses less cardboard and different things. Yes, material. so packaging so is much smaller. Material yep. costs are lower. Yep. So there's savings, big financial savings here yeah. for, for Apple for too, Apple, let's be clear. Yeah. I wonder if those savings are going to be passed on to the customer. That's though. the bottom line. Yeah. Are I don't know. Gonna, that is it going to be cheaper? Will that be a way, a way for them to sort of save on the cost? So if they're not going to have to make you a charger or a pair of earphones... Is that going to bring the cost down slightly? What were the? Well, you mentioned the earphones. What are they worth? Forty five. Forty five bucks retail. Forty five dollars. Okay, forty five. What would a charger cost to buy? Oh, okay. Charges well, like what's that? Twenty five, thirty bucks. That's nearly iPhone seventy dollars. Charger. Let's just see if yeah. Apple sells them, right? Apple charges. Of course, they sell them. Yeah, no. Yeah. What's the what's the cost? Uh, this is great, great great content. Great, great content. content. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know that it's going to be that easy to find. Oh, there's. Oh no, it's it's a bit hard. Don't I don't. Let's call obvious. okay. Let's, let's call, call it. it another, let's call it thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. thirty dollars. 
So between the earphones and the charger, that's seventy-five. Let's round it up to eighty bucks. So eighty dollars. Imagine then if your iPhone is a hundred dollars cheaper. What if it's fifty? Is that enough? Mm, it's in in the right direction, moving in the right direction. That that that's another thing that. It's going to help Apple to justify the price of these new phones. They're going to be expensive phones. The 12, 5G, everything in it, they're going to be... We we thought the 11 Pro and the Pro Max were expensive, which they are. I think these are going to be slightly more expensive, but not having to put the charger and and the earphones in may help them bring it down to prices that are maybe a little bit more acceptable. I think it's a big call. Yeah. Oh, look. But so I bottom, think just the fact line, that having a thinner box and lighter and not using as much packing material, less shipments for more product—that that's I reckon their goal. Yeah. I, I, look, here's what I think. I think there won't be a, a charging brick or cable, but I think the no, there will be a cable. Rumors say there will be a cable. Oh, really? But not the charger. So you will have a USB-C to Lightning because that's not a very common cable. USB-C to to Lightning. Well, then I think so. That you if can, you buy I, I the twenty watt un- charger under the phone, you can fit the cable and the earphones. Yeah. And get you rid of the brick. Maybe, okay. So maybe the get rid of the brick, keep the earphones, possibly? Spot on. I think definitely the brick's going. I, I don't think you'll have one. And, and I think there's a lot of people, the fact that it's wireless charging too, yeah. m- many could argue that, well, Apple can be charged wirelessly, but they don't include a wireless charger in the box. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's kind of another way to approach it as All well. All right, well, we'll like, we won't know until bloody well September or later. We don't really know, do we? Yeah, I think they'll still announce it in... September, yeah, mid-September talk, talk announcement, weeks, probably yeah, late yeah. late October, early November yeah. on sale. All right, uh, details of that one are up at techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. And if your home has lots of people in it, lots of devices in it, and most importantly suffers from black spots and low speeds anywhere in the home, if you're dealing with a fast internet coming into the home and slow speeds down where the TV is or where the kids' playroom is or whatever it is, you need a mesh Wi-Fi network and the Netgear Orbi is... Uh, the original and the best. Uh, we've been talking about this for many years and we've never had an, an unsatisfied customer come back to us with a negative report of, a, of an Orbi installation. I got an email just the other day from someone saying, finally installed Orbi. Awesome. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. Um, they, they know I'm it works. that. But it's not cheap. You know, you've got to spend, this is an extra addition. But I see this as an investment in your home's yeah. network. And you know what? Breaking news, Orbi Wi-Fi 6 coming soon. Very soon. Yeah. So it's an investment in, in the in the connectivity in your home that is independent of your internet provider and your modem and all those different things. So check it out, all the details at your local retailers. All the big retailers have Netgear Orbi and, of course, full details at netgear.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Um, Stephen, a couple of quick ones from the Googs. The Googs. Is that a correct Google? Yeah. Is that is that what the kids are saying, mate? Do they call Google Googs? I don't I haven't heard. You know that what? They before. don't call them anything. They say search it up. Google it. No, they say search it up. Search it up. Who says that? Kids. Really? Yep. And you're tuned with the. the well, I have three the of kids. Them. Okay, I've got three of them too, but I've never heard them say that. Well, your kids are actually now a little not bit kids, older. A right? bit older. Yeah, they're adults. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to break it to you. Still my kids, kids, but they're adults. Yeah. They're your kids, but they're not kids. <laughs> um, I didn't mind this one. It was the it was the TV one. So you 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 search for what to watch. And, oh, geez, I can't even spell watch. Um, but it still worked. Um, and it comes up with a list of TV shows. And you can customise your 
uh, personal subscriptions. I've got Netflix, I've got Stan, I've got Foxtel, I've got Disney. I oh, see so you plug this into the search, do you? Well, yeah, you just type what Tick to watch box. and yeah. it will show you a bunch of things. Now, oh. it's a funny thing because a lot of people I talk to this week go, well, what do you need that for? Netflix makes recommendations. Stan makes yeah. recommendations. But I've got to be honest, once you've really burnt through those catalogs, the recommendations start to drop off. Yeah. And what I love is when you search what to watch, often in the first couple of like lists, you'll go, oh, the other night I got recommended... Um, uh, Tom Cruise Racing Cars. What the hell is it called? Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, I'm going to watch that. Got it on 4K. And the critical thing here is you can click on the, the movie or the TV show. Yeah. And then in Did the... Did you watch it? In, no. Can I have I, no time. Can I give you breaking... Have you ever seen it before? Yeah. Breaking news? Yeah. Oh, not breaking news. I'll give you the tip. Oh, I've seen it. It's his worst movie he ever made. I don't care. It's got racing cars. It's got racing cars. Really. And Nicole Kidman. As a, as a child doctor. Yeah. Um, how old was she? <laughs> when I mean, she was so she was young. She was young, a yeah. doctor. She was a brain surgeon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's was, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so <laughs> you've got... It, it actually shows you the watch options. Right. So you can actually... Cl- so I can click here. In, in the Google search, I can just click watch. And it will open up Stan. Yeah. On the Top Gun page, if I was logged in. Wow! Right. And so, so, did it suggest Tom 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 Cruise racing car movie? Is that what it said? <laughs> Shut up! I just I've had a memory <laughs> mental blank. No, no. It just recently came out on 4K. Actually, it looks pretty good on 4K and sounds really good on 4K. Just the, the, the so I think that's movie, a fun yeah. little addition to absolutely. Uh, well, maybe it's a bit of a Googs. Russian roulette style thing, you know? <laughs> addition to what do you call it? Googs. Googs. <laughs> Sounds rude when you say it like that. Wow. Well, Googs, we're going to be talking about Googs. I've got something else too. It's yeah. a new AR feature, and your kids will love this. Yeah. Younger kids will really like this. A lot of my friends on Facebook, I shared this on Facebook, this story, and they went, oh, I'm all over this. This is a new AR feature in association with the film franchise Jurassic World um. that will help you bring dinosaurs to life in your own surroundings. So it's like AR. Imagine putting a Tyrannosaurus Rex in your lounge room. Yes. And if you if you do it in the right location, it does show you, you can appreciate the scale of a dinosaur. Right. Like it, we, we've only seen pictures of them in movies. We've never, never actually experienced the scale. Like imagine looking up at a Brachiosaurus, you know the big tall dinosaurs that eat the top of the trees? Yep. You could place this in your backyard and look up at this huge creature, this AR augmented reality version of it. So there's going to be 10 of them available. So what you do is you search for a dinosaur on Google with a mobile device. It's not working on my Tap AC, view in 3D, and then you can rotate or zoom in. And then uh, if you, it's possible then to go into AR, adjust the size to scale, so you can appreciate their size in relation like to other things. So say in your case, you might put it next to a car, right? Yes. So you know the size of your car, yep. and you put a dinosaur next to it, and think, geez, this Tyrannosaurus Rex is like <laughs> 10 times bigger than my car. So the dinosaurs that are available, how many of these do you know, Trev? Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. T-Rex. Velociraptor. Yes. Triceratops. Yes. Spinosaurus. No. Stegosaurus. Yes. Brachiosaurus. Yes, I'm across that. Ankylosaurus. Got it. I'll cross it. Dilophosaurus. Never, never heard of it. Pterodon. That's you like mean the flying ter- I think it's just a pterodon, mate. Yeah, pterodon. And uh, Parasaurolophus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that must be a Greek. That must be a Greek dinosaur. Oh, <laughs> Parasaurolophus. Is that how you say that? No, mate, no one knows. Parasaurolophus. That's why you should never have started this process of reading out names. Yeah, well, I tried, mate. I tried. Did you see... Have you watched that movie, Jurassic Park? Of course you have. No. Haven't you, are you joking? You've never we, seen we Jurassic Park? We started watching and the kids hated oh it, so we, we turned it off. There's a... a, a um, I've no interest in it. The... The, the joke the kid tells, um, what, do you, what do you call the dinosaur who, who, who didn't notice you? Do you think he saw us? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
You gotta watch the movie, mate. I don't. I can't believe you've not watched Jurassic Park. Who cares? It's an iconic movie. It's okay. Well, I don't wow. watch it. Watch it in 4K. You want to come to my place? In Tech Guide Theatre, 4K, full surround, popcorn, everything. Just, it's a really good movie. No Steven Spielberg, mate. God, help us. Sam Neill's in it. I know. I've Laura seen, Dern is in it. I've, I've met it. Laura Dern. I've seen her. Okay, mate. I've seen who's in it. Just yeah. didn't appeal to me. Mate, you need to check your pulse because I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> That's all i got on the dinosaurs. Go to Google. Googs it. Go to Googs. Googs Get it. your dinosaur. Googs. Boom. Done. Let's, let's, let's get <laughs> hashtag Googs. Hashtag let's get that trending. Googs. Imagine if we had that power. We yeah, don't, but wow. imagine if wow. we did. Googs. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Just search it up. And there's details at techguide.com.au. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, if I told you yep. that I know a place where they're building a fulfilment centre, what would you say? <laughs> it is quite a strange name for an Amazon factory. It's a fulfillment center. So you'd that's be, not a strange name. It's what they call the warehouses. Okay, okay. For Cats, for Kogan, for stumped, everyone. You were stumped for a second there. You know what? Can I tell you honestly why I was stumped? Center. I thought we finished. <laughs> There's one I thought, more. Why, I thought, why are you trying to end the show? See it's what it, I do. See where it says S? That stands for oh, Stephen. No. And see where it says Amazon? That's the topic. Okay? Let's be honest. It's amazing I lasted this All long. Right. You've done well. How much of it? You punched through solid, Trev. I'll be quick, okay? <laughs> The Amazon Fulfillment Centre is actually, uh, they've begun construction in Western Sydney. Yep. It's actually the second big um, centre in Western Sydney. There's That's one right. in Moorbank as well. This one's being built in Oakdale, West Industrial Estate. And it, the, the thing that, reason we're talking about this is because there is a tech story behind this, is that it's going to be one of the first places that's going to have cutting-edge robotic technology there. Hmm. So the reason it's called a fulfillment centre because when you send through your Amazon order, it comes in online, and the people that work in the fulfillment centre rely on these this new robotics technology to actually go and bring the products to yep. them. So yeah. it's like these big cubes. I had, a, I had a Zoom call with Craig Fuller, who's the boss of Amazon Logistics in Australia, and he was describing it as this massive cube that is sort of piggybacked on this robotics that are sort of use QR codes to get a hole around the the factory floor, yep. which, by the way, is the size of 22 football fields. Okay, so it's a big area, and it is intelligent enough to go bring the product to the to the the people, the workers in there to to f- to fulfil the orders. Yep. But at the other side of it. It also helps store the new stock. So when the new stock arrives, they've got to stow it. And this new technology allows them to actually have 50%, make use of 50% more of the floor space. So that's how intelligently it's packed. So if a machine is grabbing the product rather than a human being, it can be packed a certain way and and with uh, using less space. The example I'll give you is when I went to the Catch Warehouse in Melbourne, and I don't know where that video is, somewhere on YouTube, but um, it's probably, um, I would say it's 70% manual, right? So it's just shelves. Uh, people walk up and they pick and pack. Yeah. Um, but then there's this huge, they've got this amazing, and it was a first, at the time, uh, robot, um, which is probably the size of our homes put together, right? It's big. Yeah. Wow. But but inside, it's just it's just tubs. Our homes are massive. It's just bloody tubs, <laughs> right? It's just tubs of stuff. And you can't get to them. 
because right. they're they're behind this big cube. Okay. And this the on top of the cube are these robots that go down and grab the tubs, take them up, and then yeah. take them down to the person fulfilling. Wow. And then it and that person takes one out, and then it takes the tub back. Yep. So robots do the work, and and like you say, it's all compacted in. Yeah. So if you imagine walking into like you know what everyone can can relate to the IKEA. You finished in IKEA and you're in the warehouse part where yeah. you got to get stuff. Just the racks, out, yeah. the racks are all you know two or three meters apart. But with the Amazon fulfillment center, they can be basically basically meter and a half apart yeah. because the robots just need to go in there and grab the stuff. They yeah. don't need you know OHS and space and all I that. Should, I should point out that this fulfillment center is for smaller items. Right. So it's not. It's it's for you know books, electronics, yep. beauty products. So it's not like we're going to buy a ladder. No. Or or a bigger item. That's for the other st- the other fulfillment right. center looks after that. This is going to be for that. And and the Craig was saying that like ninety percent of their orders are this side. They're, they're Does this indicate that Amazon's doing well in Australia? Yeah. Well, he was telling me that in December this year, it's the third anniversary of uh, Amazon, and the business has grown. 100 percent year on year. So right. it's doubled year on year. Can they just update the website? It's so ugly. Yeah, that's kind of it's their signature. The worst. Yeah, looking yeah. <laughs> website on the planet. Yeah, needs a brief. I think you know what it's it's familiar. It's horrible though. for customers. It's familiar. I don't care. It's it, horrible. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. It could could use a refresh, but I think that could cause an outrage if, if it's if something that's so familiar. Oh, to if customers. they made it easier to use. Well, yeah, that that's you know debatable. why I don't use it. Because it doesn't fill me with confidence. Right. It makes me think this is some dodgy oh, backwater. No. I'm the, I think the opposite. It's got all my info. So, no, I've been at Amazon, like had an account with Amazon for years, knows my address, my credit card's on there. It's just bang, bang. It takes t- two seconds to order something. It's great. I know, but it's just, like, I went yeah. the same, like we bought a couch on Kogan the other day. It took me three seconds. Yeah. I just went click, buy, go. Okay. Done. Finished. It's that easy. Couch any good or? It's just a little thing for Jacko's room. It's like a, a single bed okay. that folds up to be a seat. So it's like your on. main lounge room one, isn't no, it? No, no, yeah. no. King no. Furniture, mate. That's where I got mine from. King Pre- Furniture. I don't know where we've got ours. Really nice one. Somewhere yeah. else. You saw it, that one, in, in, in our lounge? Yeah. It's a cracker, that one. Okay, well done. Congratulations. Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice lounge. It's, you know, I thought, look, you know what? This is something you use every day. Yeah. And it's got a, you can't sit on there and think, oh, geez, I wish I'd have spent, got a better one. Yeah, yeah. You know that? It's just, just buy do, another it, cushion. do it properly. Yeah, although Joe looked bought plenty of cushions for it. But yeah. Two blokes talking tech. Um, episode 443. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been great having you come Yeah, from Sunny Cowra. Sunny Cowra. Well, it's nice. First now. on the road edition since February. Yeah. Yeah. Historic, this one. I don't think it'll be the, I don't think it'll be another one. Just Til- judging by my seriously? family situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trev's banned. He'll be banned from. <laughs> He'll be banned from. You'll be like those the COVID patients in Victoria. You'll be stuck in your postcode. Is that how it's going to be, mate? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> what did we say? What were we saying last night? You said oh, you called Amanda and I boring. Um, what? I remember that. No, uh, I did a boring couple. And then, no, and then you said you don't go out. I said, mate, why do I need to go out? I've got a house. <laughs> I've got somewhere to be. That's, I think, when I called you boring. Like, yeah. I don't. No, it was because yeah. we didn't well, drink tea and coffee. You said you're a boring couple. No, no, I said, because you don't drink coffee and she doesn't drink tea or coffee. I said, well, you don't go to coffee then. You must be boring. Yeah. You don't. You, so you and, can't I, say, and I said, you can't just say, well, let's go get a coffee. Yeah. And she go, what's that? And I said, <laughs> mate, we don't need to go anywhere. We've got a place. <laughs> 
Okay. It's got all. It's got yeah. everything you need. Yeah, it's got food. It's, it's got, got facilities. Yeah, it's it's shelter. got a fridge. <laughs> like, I don't have to pay anyone. The it's internet. Just open the door and there's stuff hey, in the fridge. Hey, mate, I'm with you. And I by can, the way, yeah. we have just, like this COVID thing, and I reckon there'd be data in this, we are 100% online shoppers now. Okay. Like Woolworths just comes to the door every Sunday. Yeah, we Harris we Farm, were. fruit and veg, fruit and is it, is it good? Does it work out okay? Yes. So, because I was trying to convince Joe to do this. Just why? My, my brother Why go to the shops? Yeah. Is it click and collect or delivery now? Delivery. Delivery is back on again. Yes. Oh, wow. They just drop it at your door. Well, what about if they pick out a shit banana? In, instead well, of a that's nice why. One. That's why, Amanda. Or an avocado. We don't, we don't do the fruit and veg at Woolworths. Uh. We do that at Harris Farm. Ah. And they bring, mate. They bring beautiful big boxes, well packaged. Okay. Um, some stuff's in a, in a um, cooler bag. No, no, I t- I'll tell you what. Very we, smart. we do this something like this. We do HelloFresh. Yeah. Have not, you tried HelloFresh? The same. Yeah. Well, we so what we did. <laughs> we had one of those free trials. There, there was five meals. Yeah. We, we looked at them and we we were never going to eat them. All. Oh, yeah. Good luck you liking the yeah, meals. But yeah. we kept hang two on. of them. There's no steak one and chips. One was like a mushroom. <laughs> uh, no, no, a mushroom. I hate mushrooms. They're too complicated. A mustard for you, chicken. Mate. So we kept the men, the recipes, and yeah. they, they become part of our rotation right. because they are they can be quite exotic. Yeah, I call like my my wife makes it, and she's a genius cook. She does it very well. All the ingredients come with it, mm. but they're just too busy. You know, I, some of them too much stuff in it. Sometimes let's talk about this in the private feed. We're going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back in uh, in the big uh, big metropolis of Sydney, <laughs> not near a lockdown postcode. Next in Melbourne. week, sometime. Our thoughts to the people in Melbourne, but you know that's what happens when you let security guards run a quarantine hotel, yeah. really, isn't it? Can you believe it? Back again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Two blokes talking tech.